You are listening to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 195, sponsored by InStock Trades, Netflix, and iFanboy listeners like you. Whose voice is back? Welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 195. I'm Casey McCall here with Dan. No, wait, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> apparently that's what I'm doing. Anyway, I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And Ron Richards. Hello. iFanboy.com is our website. We like comics, so we talk about them. We write about them. We read a whole lot of them every week. One of us reads our our chosen books for the week and picks the one that they enjoyed the best, and that becomes the pick of the week. The review goes up for that on Wednesday night. And then we come here and we talk about – I don't think my voice is back. And then we come here and talk about it on this show along with other books from the week and, and, and ephemera, other things, uh, miscellaneous, very little human interest. And <laughs> we're here with a very special comic reader. Uh, anyways, um, at the end of the show, we're going to have a little more giveaway info for, for you iFanboy members. In the middle of the show. Yes, in the middle. That, it's also in the middle. And <laughs> maybe we might mention it. I'm going to mention it at the end just so it's, I wasn't wrong. It's going to be a random point in the show. You won't be yeah, able to predict it. Like I'll probably interrupt somebody. <laughs> and I think that Hal Jordan – excuse me. Yes? Anyway. Um, just before we get started, we're going to be talking about the books that came out this past week. So if you haven't read them, you might want to read them first, then come back and listen to the show. And if it doesn't matter to you, then you can keep listening. And it's, it's all good either way with us. We're fine. But you can consider yourself warned this week – I don't have the pick. Otherwise, something's very wrong. So Ron has the pick. There's our first typo. Yep. That's the first typo. There's two. On. Damn it. Anyway, so, <laughs> um, so I had the pick of the week. And listen, I'm just going to say something. I had the pick of the week. I read my books. I'm sorry. <laughs> I picked X-Men Forever number four. It was wrong. I made a mistake. Can we just move on? This comics were all we had. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway. We, should, we should preface this that when we do the pick of the week, the person who does it sends an email to the other two guys saying, here's the pick, and this is the other books I want to talk about. And Ron's email was prefaced by, I'm sorry, in big, bold type. And then he sent that email three more times in the week. It was wrong. <laughs> I knew it when I did it, but I did it anyway. Can we just not beat a dead horse and move on? I'm sorry. If I had no. known. If I had known, I wouldn't have picked it. But... <laughs> is that wrong? I, I got to say, like, the reaction – People were like, "Hey, he liked it. That's good." It's like yeah. it's 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 if people are people are getting it now. No, you know, no, I don't think that's true at all. I think it's really that the week sucked. <laughs> I think Honestly, it's a little, I think it's a little from column A and a little from column B. I, I, when, when 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 Ron told me about it, I said, "You know what? That's fine." Because honestly, I didn't even have a real strong pick. I had three different books. I changed it three different times. It really wasn't one of those weeks where it was anything like spectacularly good. Yeah. I don't think I've even marked one yet. Well, I, I was I was definitely I was definitely expecting much more of a a backlash, uh, and I, so I was glad to see that people kind of enjoyed the fact that I'm enjoying the series. And Lord knows, as I said in the review, you all dodged a bullet with because it could have been the next book we're going to talk about. 
<laughs> but um, but so X Men number four. Uh, this is the fourth issue in the. It's it's like biweekly. It's coming out like every other week. Um, X Men Forever by Chris Claremont and Tom Grummet. Um, and again, you, you've regular listeners have heard me giggle maniacally over this book. Um, but real quickly, Chris Claremont returning to the X Men of 1991 right after he left an adjectiveless X Men number three, picking up where he left off in a weird. Divergent universe where Gambit's name is Remy Picard, and, and apparently there are no rules in this world. <laughs> and I knew this issue was going to be fun when I looked at the cover, and it's a it's a very it's a very nice uh, edgy rendering of uh, Kitty Pride and Lockheed staring at you, and Kitty's got one Wolverine claw sticking out from her arm, and it says, "This Kitty's got claw." <laughs> and I don't even think that's good grammar, but uh, it should be this Kitty's got a claw. But okay. Um, and so this picks up where uh, the last issue left off, uh, where we've we found out that Storm uh, has betrayed the X Men and killed uh, killed Wolverine, and Kitty has confronted her, and for some reason she popped one of Wolverine's claws. She doesn't know how it got there. <laughs> how did she know how to pop it? I, it's a, it, I don't know. It's a muscle That's reaction so type thing. Um, and I mean this this four issues in a row, just it never ceases to make me crack up because it's just like can I can I, can I page two I'm looking at it okay oh you read it you picked it up I'm looking at it I had meant to read it but it didn't happen but okay. I, I there's a lot of words yes open it and it's just word balloons everywhere but like the, the thought it's a claw it's <laughs> one of Wolverine's claws it came out of my hand she speaks. She thinks very declaratively. Everything it's ends at an exclamation point me. in this book everything just like it was with him <laughs> Logan what have you done? Well, my favorite is if you go to the next page and in her thought balloon is, worry about that later. Right now, take care of business. And then she yells at Storm. <laughs> and her, her, face, her face changes from exasperated surprise to grim determination. <laughs> that one panel. Yep. And then, this is as far as you go, Storm. Give it up now, or I swear, I'll cut you again. <laughs> uh, and then Storm's face goes the other way. Because last one, she was pissed off. And you right, keep, you, yeah. You rich, you wretched creature! You cut me, and then now I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man, this book is just great. And the thing is, is that it's 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 completely crazy, and it's completely madcap. And you, don't, I literally don't know what to expect around every corner. Um, in the last issue, uh, Sabretooth got blinded by Storm, and he's walking around with a with a blindfold on his eyes. Except that, as far as I can tell, he's not blind. <laughs> Because <laughs> he's, was, he seems to know where everybody and everything is. So it's, isn't he like Daredevil, but without the rate? You know. Well, I mean, he's got the heightened senses and stuff like that. But uh, but I don't know. So so essentially, they're all go- they're going crazy because Wolverine's dead and Sabretooth's there and Storm's the betrayer and and Beast and Professor Xavier and Nick Fury in a suit are trying to figure this. Out. I don't know why Nick Fury's here. I don't. It's, <laughs> and he's in a business suit. It's like it's, it's, it's literally. This comic looks and feels like it's from 1978. Or 1991. No, it's, it's a purely 1991 comic, yeah, totally. totally. I actually read this. I figured, what the, what the fuck? <laughs> um, uh, it was, you know the scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark when they open the arc? Yeah. And everybody's face melts off? Yep. It's kind of how I felt while I was reading it, but... <laughs> um, I will give this to Claremont. You didn't need to know anything else going into the reading this issue. At he, all. he gives you all the exposition you need at all times. Yep. Every so page. Yep. I was totally on board with the story. After, you know, I, did, I didn't have any problems following it. And, uh, and weren't it you on really, the edge of your seat with all the explanation points? 
I was very stressed out. There was a lot of situations. Right. Very stressful. Yes. Um, it, it is almost like going back in time, 1991. I mean, this feels just like those X Men comics that I read back then. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was what it was. This is a world where everybody talks exclamation points. Where everybody every time they leave a scene, they run. <laughs> they run off panel. It just it, it, right. Um, everybody's very. I mean, the stakes are high. You know, Beast is looking in DNA and he's figuring out stuff. And he's you know, and, and it just and and Nick Fury is there and and it's it, it's. I mean, I don't know. It just it's a lot of fun. And what I thought was really interesting is that the way Claremont's writing it is that you know, yes, we're joking about the lots of words and stuff like that. But like you said, there's lots of exposition. But it keeps you involved. And every issue is ended on a cliffhanger. Every issue's ended on some full page shocking type thing where I need to get the next issue. And you know, compared to the current and some people made the observation in the comments on, on the site after my review, compared to the current X Men, this is way more I'm I'm at the store talking to the to the other customers and the guys who work in the shop about this book more than the current X Men books. Mm. You know, and part of it is the wacky laughing at it, but then also it's like, you know, oh my god, now now the, the book spoiler alert, the book ended with um with the teenager storm. Cropping back up, and if you remember back in the in it, right you know right before the Agilitas book um, launched, uh, after the external through the Siege Perilous uh, Storm was de-aged to a t- to a teenager, and that's where she hooked up with Gambit, and they had some adventures, and then they went to Genosha and the Extinction Agenda, and then Storm was re-aged and put back to her normal age. But now apparently, Teenager Storm is back, and who's the Storm that killed Wolverine? Like it just leaves you with all these questions where like I can't wait for the next issue. Um, so yeah, so it's it's a fun time. We get um, oh my favorite was Jean uh, gets inca- incapacitated when Wolverine died and psychic backlash and she's in a coma. And when this issue starts, she's in a coma and, and they don't they're talking about her. They don't know what to do. And then the team's getting ready to to leave and she saunters out in a new costume. And, and my favorite is where she walks out. And it's like it was a total like you know this kind of it, it, it kind of reminded me like they're getting ready to go. And then it's it's like when um, when Han swoops in at the end of Star Wars. It's like it's it's like you know not to mention to improve the odds. You know like it's like it's it's yeah she's gonna help the team. But then Professor Xavier goes, "You were in a coma not thirty minutes ago." <laughs> Oh, oh Chris Claremont. Yeah, it's just fantastic. It, it just, she, that page bothered me just from an art standpoint because she, she walks in in front of Beast and Nick Fury in his in his snappy blue suit and yeah. and Professor Xavier and the three of them are looking right at you. Yeah, and she's looking off into the corner, which was just kind of an odd yeah. odd artist. Well, like it kind of threw me off. But but on the on the art side, I don't want to. I mean, Tom Grummond has been somebody who I've never really been a huge fan of. Um, I you know he's he's kind of one of those one of those you know like he's he's you know these yeoman guys like he gets a lot of work done but it's not you know you never really hear anybody talking about him although I hear a lot of people are fans of him but I he think- was a big DC guy in the 90s when this was going on yeah like he was doing Robin and and, and um Deathstroke. He was he was doing those kind of books. Yeah. But I think he's hand. I mean th- that that one panel aside, I think he's handling the art on this in a way that is the right way to approach it, and that the art isn't getting in the way. The lay the layouts are clean. The la- the storytelling is as crazy as Claremont's is. It's like it's it's flowing. You know. It fits. I mean, yeah, it's appropriate. Yeah, totally, totally. I thought I would like it less than I did, but I do. I did like yeah. it. It's it's a it's a, a kind of a it's a, it's a crazy it's a crazy ride, and and I and as everyone's heard me, I've been having way too much fun reading it, and you know here we are at the fourth issue in in a, in a, a month and a half or whatever, and it's it's the book that when it comes out, I go ooh a new issue. So you know, and and given that it was a and this is I'm not you know not qualifying it or anything because there were some there were some good books that came out this week, but it wasn't the, the strongest week after a couple of weeks. Um, 
So you know, ultimately, that was the one that got my pick. But the uh, the book that came in a very close wait. This is this is this is a bi monthly book. It is. It, if you look at the next issue page, two times a month. X Men Forever yeah. number six, eight twenty six, number seven, nine nine, number eight, nine thirty. Which which is, is which is a like give it up to Grummet for banging that out. Then I think is he still on the book? I think he, I heard somebody else is coming in after this. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, issue series or ongoing? No, I think it's an ongoing. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I finally found a way to quarantine Claremont where you can do the least amount of damage. Before you before you move on, I, I think you got to give it up to Tom Orzakowski on this one. Oh yeah, yeah. There are so many words and word balloons and then thought balloons mixed into those. There's an excellent skaboom. <laughs> <laughs> and he de- uh, and he definitely balances the, the use of uh, lots of italics. Lots oh, yeah. of ita- <laughs> like I'm just looking at the page where um, where Beast is wiping the blood off Kitty's claw to analyze it Storm's DNA, and you know Beast says, "Does it hurt?" in italics. And Kitty says, that's what I asked Logan in italics. The first time I saw his in italics clause. You have no italics idea. Sabretooth. He, he survived, kid. So will you. Like I should care what you think, you will. <laughs> like every other word. Shield should handle this, Charles. <laughs> Perhaps, Nicholas, but the X-Men need to handle it. We all need to learn if the woman we fought was a friend is a lie. <laughs> every word balloon has one, at least. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh God! And everything is just live or die. Like it's like it's like the the stakes are high on this. Oh, it's great. So. Like a GI Joe episode. Yeah, really. It really is like a GI Joe episode. You're right. <laughs> oh God, good times. But so the book the book that came in second, um, a close second, was um, uh, Glamour Puss by Dave Sim, uh, issue number eight. Um, and I don't, I don't think you've talked about this since the first. I haven't one talked about it since the first issue. And Dave Sim's been he's been, it's been out very regularly. Um, I, I think I'm not. Sure. I think it's. I think it's every two months, maybe. Um, I forget exactly what the what the uh, the frequency of it is. But um, he's been. It's been really interesting. And again, I said it from the first time we talked about it. If you're interested in making comics and the art, like a, an examination of the art and the art of comics through like a periods that not a lot of us, I think, talk about through the the 1950s and 60s newspaper strip artists and the the Al Williamsons and the Milt Kniffs and the and all those kind of people, it's extremely interesting from a historical standpoint. Um, from an art standpoint, it's a lot of fun to see Dave Sim trying to teach himself to draw in that style and to see him recreate panels and, and to kind of go back in time to an era of comics that admittedly I don't really know much about. Um, mm-hmm. But this particular issue w- was probably my favorite um, of the eight yet because if you look on the cover, it's his typical you know kind of glamour puss model doing cross-eyed kind of pose type thing. Um, but the, the tease for the historical aspect on the cover says, please, oh, sorry, please. The co- uh, it says plus, more Margaret Mitchell than any other comic mag this year. So let's think about that statement. Margaret Mitchell, the writer of Gone with the Wind. Mm. Right? This issue is apparently very close to when she died. She was close to writing a comic strip for one of the syndicates. And he talked about it a little in issue seven, but this issue was focused completely on that story of the mystery and the history around Margaret Mitchell and her involvement in newspaper strip comics. And it was fascinating. It was just – and it's the last thing I would have ever expected to read, and the, the history aspect of it was amazing, and just to see how it tied into William Randolph Hearst and to the other, to the other newspaper publishers and, and Dashiell Hammett, and like from a, from a writing, a literature kind of standpoint, it was just absolutely amazing. It was just it, totally, totally amazing. Um, unfortunately, 
Um, the reason why I didn't make it my pick of the week is because that's one half of the book. The other half of the book is a um, spoof uh, women's magazine article about Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen because um, apparently Dave Sims got it up his craw that they put out some book called Influence or something like that and what it's doing to teens and, and yada yada and I don't know. And so he did this fake interview and all that's like that stuff is and I, and I talked about it in my review a little and I talked about it before like the idea of mad genius and the, these guys who are so crazy and self-indulgent and Claremont is a little bit in that degree and Dave Sim is very much in that degree if it didn't have this wacky you know fashion stuff and, and current time stuff and it was just the comics history stuff this would be so amazing so um, but yeah I never thought I'd be reading about Margaret Mitchell on my stack of comics so See, hmm. people thought we were going to tune out during the X-Men part. Yes. Little did they know <laughs> that you were, was a about, yeah. you were going to talk about some other book. <laughs> what were you talking about? So, anyway. Rosebud was a clitoris. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> God. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, so if, again, if you're interested in comics history and stuff like that and can look past the uh, Dave Sims insanity, um, Glamour Puss is definitely worth reading. And, and the art is just the art is a blast to look at because he, he really is learning how to do the cross hatching and the photorealism and the cartoony and all that kind of stuff. And, and I mean, just to learn about, you know, Alex Raymond and, and Bern Hogarth and, and Al Williamson and all these people is just is, is fantastic for me personally. You know, uh, you know who doesn't have to learn how to draw anything else? Who? J. H. Williams III. That's true. He can he can he can go on the skills that he's already acquired, and he'll be fine. That's that's what I think. Uh, anyway, you're referring so, to uh, Detective Comics number eight fifty five, the second issue of the Greg Rucka J. H. Williams Batwoman arc. Yeah, um, this was, I would say, more of the same. I. I, I, I like the first um, after the first page. The sort of two, three, and four, five are two big, two-page spreads of of fighting, um, and they, they were really like. It's interesting to see layouts that are this complicated, but actually still read sequentially. J. H. Williams has mastered these two-page layouts. Yeah, like the, like if anything, like and for those original art buyers out there, anything like that, that the the two-page layouts of these kind of fight sequences are they going to be the ones to get? Because mm-hmm. just from both from a drawing figure standpoint as well as the layout stuff, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- those are really the ones. Like, I spent a lot of time looking at them and and sort of just parsing how they did it and noticing that it still told a story. And then from that, like, he goes into these really simple sort of grid, just panel pages, grids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's but, all over the place. But and what I thought was, what I thought was interesting was that after those two after the, those two big splash pages, we get like a four panel. We get two four panel grid pages. Then we get a then we get a six-panel six. grid. Then we get an eight-panel grid. You know what I mean? Like it was it, it, the, the, the layouts itself was increasing the tension. Yeah. I, at least I felt. Yeah, so. yeah, I can see that. I mean it's, it's, for me, it's interesting to read those and try to parse out why. Like why is this happening? What's this making me feel? What is this accomplishing? Because I, right. I can't think that between the two, uh, the two creators in this, Greg Rucka and J.H. Williams III – that they're that they're just doing it randomly. Well, I mean, you know but, I mean? But, but if you look at the if you look at the the grid pages, those are the pages where Batwoman has the upper hand, and then mm-hmm. in the eight in the eight panel grid page, that's the one with the with the now epic camera in the mouth shot where we mm-hmm. see the razor blade uh, hidden by the Alice woman. You know, she turns the tides, and then the fight becomes on her. You know, she's got the upper hand, and the layouts become crazy, almost like Sandman esque. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if there's nutty. some if there's some tie-in between who has the upper hand in the fight versus how the layout is. I don't know, but like the thing is about the thing about it, I like is that we we're thinking about it, right? Yep. 
You know I mean, you're, it's it's you're engaging the comic book on a different level than than you usually do, yeah. and you know that might not be some people's thing. Might some people might just just might want to read the story, but for me, it's it's educative as well as is also being you know well written and entertaining. I would say, on the other hand, that there wasn't very much character development with with Kate Kane, which is what I really liked about the last one. It was just basically one long fight. Right. Uh, in this I one, I felt the opposite. I thought I found her more engaging this time than last time. And if anything, okay. there was any kind of plus I had, it was learning more about her and and i like the fact that she's more she's a different kind of character than the other bat people she's a military brat yeah, yeah she absolutely thinks like, she thinks like a soldier and i like that a lot you, and you get that through the fighting that's you know her tactics and things that's all character stuff in the fight itself man uh, i like i like that she lost the hair which after it was referenced in the first that issue that she, the hair would be a liability yeah that's mm-hmm. a good touch um, I'm looking at the page. Uh, I'm looking at the page where it's the the top of the page is the Alice's woman's hand and the smoking gun, and there's the the shot in the smoke, and then the panels coming out from under it. And these these are just amazing. The art is just so good. Yes. Yeah. I feel good like stuff. we're gonna get that problem with the detective though that we have other books, and, and even more so that like I was saying, if I had to pick, and it would have probably been detective, I would have just copy and pasted Josh's review from last time and put yeah. it in mine. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> And, and Amelia, that's what I struggle with. Struggle with because like there's so many things like like in this, like the use of the red boxes. Like right. if you look at there's, yeah. a, there's a theme throughout the whole thing of, of of you know kind of like action points or whatever where these like kind of like very thinly thinly lined red boxes go around like towards the the fight towards the end you see like a red box around each bullet that hits Batwoman and then around the kick that knocked the gun out then around Alice's eyes like it's just oh it's just so engaging on every level you know but I really I didn't like this issue as much as the first one though. So. No, I don't think I did. I think I was more impressed by the art in this one um, yeah. than the other one. Um, also, I actually want to give a little bit of credit to the backup uh, feature also with, by Cully Hamner. Uh, the, the I shouldn't call it backup because it's, it's co-feature. a co-feature and it's going to get more pages soon and it's going to swap to get the front. I mean, it's, it's really – it's it as much as the story as the Batwoman story. Right. Okay. So this, the backup story here. It, okay. um, no, I, I really like that. I mean, like, it's one of those things where I like when Rucka writes uh, Montoya. And Cully Hamner is a guy who I, I don't pick up his stuff all that often. I don't, I don't see it that much. But I always like – he's got a kind of unique style. Um, and, and this was just fun, like watching the, the, the question fight, you know, druggy, drug uh, dealers in, in L.A. And, and, you know, going up the chain. Yeah. Um, I, it made me want more. Like the end of it, I was like, I could keep reading this, and, and like Connor says, eventually we'll be able to because it's it's going to take over and be longer. Yep. But everyone talks about J. H. Williams, and it's not it's not fair to Cully Hamner. <laughs> I suppose, but it's well deserved. I mean, it's it's, it's true. It's well, true. Not fair. Any, anybody back there would suffer in comparison. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Absolutely. You know what else was great about art this week was Stuart Eminem on New Avengers, which was like a cold glass of water after a long, hard oh. trip in the in the desert for for many years. What I'm so impressed by, what I'm so impressed by uh, Stuart Eminem is that his like his, the last thing that he did that we that I read was Ultimate Spider-Man, and this looks like I could tell it's the same artist, but it looks totally different. You know, like, mm-hmm. like uh, Ultimate Spider-Man was way more like it just he changed the way his this style is cleaned up for for New Avengers and. It was just, it, like you said, it was a breath of fresh air after the recent art. Well, he changes his style a lot. I mean, yeah. he's always, he seems to go book appropriate, and but it's always the same guy. It's just different looking every time, a little bit different every time. And this yeah, I, was, could, I like I how his, his Spider-Man's a little Ditko-y, which I liked. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny, from the first time I saw him was on a, on a book called Shock Rockets, where he was drawing, like, photorealistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You remember that a yeah. long time yep. ago? Yep. So he's, he's all over the map with this stuff. Yeah. Um, 
Anyone, you know what's funny is that the Spider-Man on the, in this book is diametrically opposed to the Spider-Man in the American Sun story. Did you notice that? Yeah, like the whole thing about, Bendis is always writing him as the ultimate version, basically, in this book. I know, but I'm just saying, like, there was, it was literally a plot point in American Sun that Wolverine from the Avengers said, if you get the chance to take him out, do it. And he was like, that's correct. And in this one, his well, no, whole but stance. The, but was, in the last issue of American Sun, he had that opportunity, and, and he made the right said, call. He and said told, not to, yeah. He said not to, yeah. I, I, it totally, I think it totally ties in with what the character is. I mean, yeah, at the moment he was struggling with whether or not he should kill Norman or not, but or you know, but given the opportunity, he really he's not a killer. You've bested me now, Richards. <laughs> They're so, also le- clearly leading up to something big with the identity because in in three books now he's mentioned yeah. his identity and how he's scared about it being a problem and it's going to come back to bite him in the ass that he revealed it to everybody. So I think they're clearly building up to something that's going to happen with him and his identity, or somebody yeah. close to him is going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. The other thing we were like... thinking is, is that Bucky's boots are red in this. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> are they not red in Captain America? No, he wears. He's got all black pants and boots and Captain oh, America. This fashion minute brought to you also, by Connor Kilpatrick. <laughs> there was a two-page spread about he, how he was cranky that they all made a mess, which, which was awesome, by the way. <laughs> And what was great was the two-page spread of how he's cranky about the making mess. Then at the meeting, he's like, can we talk about the mess? <laughs> nobody, nobody, he never got heard. <laughs> I didn't see no, Black Panther in there, though. Steve Rogers would never let that shit happen. Right, yeah, exactly. Well, they, they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't even, they would be afraid to make Steve Rogers a house a mess. That just shows they don't That's look at him the same. And I like how Bucky's got a uh, Blackberry. Like, really? Um, but um, <laughs> you think he's an iPhone guy? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. But uh, I feel like he wouldn't even have a cell phone. But I thought I thought the I really liked the the villain, uh, the Doctor villain, which I don't remember seeing before or whomever it is. But the the Doctor Haro with the and so now it looks like the big plot point is that they've got a power negator thing, which um, again you know borrowed from powers. But how did it get? How did it get Ronan or Bucky? That's a good point. Exactly. Look at Bucky's yeah. arm. That I understood. So if the arm, like, say all the servos in the arm go down, like, he can't control it anymore, and maybe it's too heavy or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, but that's yeah, not even Ronan a power. Th- that's just machinery. Right. Right. Because Ronan, thro- yeah, Ronan throws up. Hmm. Interesting. That's a very so good what, point. Yeah. So what's up with that? Yeah. Listen, there, I'm, just, I'm saying it was an entertaining read, but there are questions. Yes. But, but- Did Ronan throw up through his mask? <laughs> that's a very maybe good that, question look at that maybe that will mean that he has to get rid of the mask I was like, oh I can't clean the puke out I guess I'll go back to being Hawkeye <laughs> it must be very porous because it doesn't even come out spraying it just no, goes right out as yeah. one yeah Ugh. that's tough when you're trying to win your ex back <laughs> yeah baby well he told, like he, he told her to get out of there <laughs> give me a kiss she does change costumes in this issue too she starts off in the old one Yes, Mockingbird ends up in the, and then time passes and she's wearing the new one, which I'm still kind of not happy about. But whatever, yeah. whatever. You miss the sleeves. Yeah. I like the old costume; it's classic. Yeah. Well, so um, yeah, no, but there are questions, but I'm excited to see them get answered in beautiful art by Eminem. So, see, it's a good time. I didn't expect him to be on so soon. I figure when I hear somebody's going to be on something, I won't see it for well, eight nights. In New York, I've been dying I, for it. I've been waiting for it. Yeah, it's been a while since yeah, they announced it. In February. That's how much they have me beat down. <laughs> You're still not recovered. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> well, Josh recovers. I'll tell you about InStockTrades.com. They have over 37% off all their trade paperbacks with free shipping of orders over $50. And over 5,400 trade paperbacks are in stock and available for order right now. You can get new releases listed every Wednesday and official orders ship between uh, – blah, 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 blah. 
Orders usually <laughs> ship in 48 hours from www.instocktrades.com. We haven't really recovered. None of us. None of us Spe- have. Speaking of, of ridiculous jibber talk. <laughs> uh, the spoot of the driver. <clears throat> Battlefield's tankies number three. It's over. It is. I thought it ended very strong. I love this issue. This this ended up, this ended up being my pick of the week after all said and done. Um, mm-hmm. I think I finally got got what it was. I mean, the first two the first two series were, were character pieces. This was more about uh, f- pulling the camera further back and just looking at a bigger group and and the tankies. It's mm-hmm. called the tankies. It's about this tank regiment, really, and it's more about tank warfare and it was, it was all of its horrifying detail. And I liked the guy. The who was this guy? What was his name? The, uh, uh, the I know who you mean, like the 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 guy from uh, the guy with the accent, the guy from Newcastle. Right, right, I liked him a lot by the end. Yeah, no, he was really cool. My favorite segment in this was the thing about the the priest. Um, yes, the, there's a bit where the the it's not the priest, but it's the um, what is that person in the military? What the, whatever chaplain the the chaplain uh, the chaplain in their unit is goes in and cleans out the tanks because he doesn't want the other soldiers to see what happens to the inside of a tank that is destroyed and what happens to the people who are in it. So he does it all himself. It's grim, but it's just like... And then the whole time... They'd never get in a tank again if they saw those bodies. Right, and then then there's another scene where they're walking around with like this barmy general who's walking around his stuff exploding all around him and he's talking about having tea and bird watching and just the, the... I don't know if it's ignorance, but the... (laughs) <laughs> just like he's just the detached, not there. The, the detached upper yes. class attitude that Ennis loves to lampoon. Yeah, in the in the ruling class, it was it was a really strong issue. Some really great art pieces, especially in the first sequence when the when the Jabos come in the the planes to shoot mm-hmm. uh, down the tanks. Um, that was one thing that German tanks were terrified of was was the P forty sevens. So I know. And, I, and the, the little uh, essay in the back that Ennis wrote was not was interesting. Um, there's going to be more battlefields next year. He's doing three another three set of three issue three set series. And nice. Yeah, was, no, I, I I like the way there's going to be a big hardcover of these three stories. Um, it's a great, li- great little mini series series thing, whatever it was. Um, really. And good. if you if you're into this kind of stuff like Josh and I, are, and the next the next set of series, he's going to do letters pages where he talks about the research and where he found information, and he's going to have bibliographies, and he's going to engage people more in the second series with the with the letters column and stuff. So that'll be fun. I really fun, like this fun. a lot. It really it turned out not sure what this was in the beginning, but by the end, I really like this one. Cool. Superman Next. 690, <laughs> which, you know, we, we talked a lot about DC lately, about Green Lantern and Flash and Batman Superman, and how all the worlds are really strong right now. And every once in a while, DC does something to remind you that the, the editorial makes some stupid decisions sometimes. <laughs> now, awesome. I see, now, I'm glad that you said this because I read this and I was like, and I liked some bits of it. But overall, it was just like five snippets of things that are happening all over the place. They weren't connected. They had nothing to do with stuff that had been happening before, really. A little bit. But at the end, I was like, that didn't feel like an issue. It was just a setup for a bunch what, of specials. What is it? What happened? Well, in, in the last issue, we had this, big, this great cliffhanger where Steel's trapped with Atlas in his, in his factory, and there's going to be this big fight, and the fight starts, and then it ends after a few pages, and then it goes to another story with other characters. And that story ends, and it says to be continued in Superman Secret Files 2009. And then you go to another one, that, and there's another oh. two-page story, and that goes to be continued in Superman Annual. And then it's just like to be continued in Justice League of America. There was like five short stories, and they all ended continuing in different books. That's which is what they did. So it's like it's like one big a book of trailers, basically. It kind right, of was it's like what they did with um, Justice League. Remember that when they did that with Justice League? Yes. Like a year ago, we got all mad about, it. and it's just like 
you forget sometimes that there are sometimes idiotic things done by the people in charge of DC, and this was one of and, them. Well, which is which stood out all the more because these books have been steaming along. Yep. And they've been fun, and even all these bits were interesting. But I was kind of annoyed that they were just previews for books that uh, you know. There, there's other books. Also, the, the the one thing in here is there's there's the sequence in the Zatara story that is completely unintelligible. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, like like the, maybe uh, I think I think it's unintelligible because it's supposed to be. All right. Well, if I, if I know what you're talking about, where the guy disappears. Yeah, the guy disappears. Yeah, like a woman, just, and the guy disappears, and then um, who's the parasite is attacking, and then there's a shadow, and then there's just a dude there. It, it's it was very odd, and well, I don't know. He, he jumps at Zatara, Zatara jumps out of the way, and the guy disappears. And the point is that it's a mat. They're, they're magicians. They made him disappear. See, I thought they said it was like a trap door or something. Though. Right, because like, they're magicians. I mean, they're not actual magicians. That's what magicians. I know, but stage, either way, what happened wasn't clear, and I don't. No, I, I don't think it's very good storytelling. Other than that, no. I really like the style of the artist. I thought it, it was it was good. Um, there's a story in here about the um, Sodom yacht who 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 passed away in another book <laughs> a little ways back, and they had to put in the oh this happened before he died, and, you know, which takes away some of the tension, I guess. Yeah, it was just weird. Yeah. I didn't like that. So um so we're seeing we're finally coming to the end of the uh, ultimatum event in the ultimate universe and um I think the ultimatum 5 is out or whatever I I stopped reading but um I am reading Ultimate Spider-Man Requiem uh, and issue 2 of that came out um with uh, again jamming uh, art between Stuart Immonen and Mark Bagley as uh, J Jonah Jameson recalls uh, a tale of Spider-Man that where he you know uh did his typical, you know, journalistic, you know, Spider-Man menace approach, but we got the real story of how Spider-Man helps people and is wonderful and is fantastic. And ultimately it ends with the reveal that we all knew was coming that Spider-Man's not dead. Oh my yeah. god, really? Who was shocked? Who was, Who was shocked? shocked? I wasn't shocked. But whatever, but it was good. I mean, I thought yeah, it was great. Was I thought great. the last couple of pages were kind of recapped the kind of greatest hits of Ultimate Spider-Man and all those different art styles was mm-hmm. was awesome. Was was really cool. Um, and if that was Stuart Immonen doing all those different styles, then uh, continue to applaud him because because those pages look great um, in such different styles. But um, but yeah, no, this this is a nice little two issues. You know, given that I'm not reading the Ultimatum event, I feel as if I knew what happened and I'm ready for the new chapter of of Ultimate Comics with Spider Man or whatever they're calling it. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, it, it went on what ten years of that book, and I think by Almost. the end it was probably yeah. probably coasting on fumes, but. The last two Requiems are really, really, really strong and really reinforce what you liked about that world and that universe. And I'm yeah. excited for the next, the next incarnation of it. Yeah. This is a good. This is a nice little uh, Requiem. So, yay! Um, Proof twenty two, which is n- is it? It's, is it the end of this arc? I think it is. Uh, I kind of hope it is because I'm kind of tired. Really, part I really five, like I this. There's one more part. Oh, there's one more part. Fixed. It ends. With, it ends with to be continued. Yeah. See, I really like this arc. Uh, yeah, this is the strongest arc they've had in a while. Yeah, I, I just feel like I'm ready for it to be over. That's my only problem. One of the things that I really I this was, is the best issue though of it. So anyway, go on. One of the things that I really liked about Proof was when they they you know the the character is they said you know he's been around since Thomas Jefferson or earlier you know we don't know and I love the taking that character that we know now and taking him back to a different time where it's different manners and different you know social mores and and all those things and and I really liked that about this. Uh, they really nailed the the tone of everything and how there was just this sort of r- brutal rudeness under everything that was also covered in this this uh, layer of, of sophistication and politeness that isn't really there you know like he's in love with this other other um, Bigfoot k- kind of creature who has a baby and then like the the last page is just ugh yeah well, the, second, the, the second to last page 
Yeah. Uh. Um, I mean, and the only thing that, that is sort of rough about this book for me is that he's got to do the main feature has to be a shorter story. I, I'm assuming to keep it on schedule. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then there's some backup stories in there, but it feel, leaves you feeling a little short yeah. changed. Um, you know, the second story was fine, but I really had to search my memory to remember who this character was right. and why they were there. I mean, and I kind of did, and I'm sure that if you were to read it all in one piece, it would work fine. But no, I, I really like this arc a lot, and this was a strong issue. Yeah. This issue was the strongest of the arc, I think. Um, and yeah, I really like the one page where in the past he's, he's reacting to the to the death, and then it, it, the bottom panel is the, the current, you know, the present. That was a nice little um, arc. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that was, was really nice. Yeah. Uh, real quick, the uh, the first issue of the Willingham uh, Sturgis uh, just Justice Society of America came out. Um, you guys were a little more reticent. What did you think? Connor, well, Connor you, go first. you go first. Um I really liked the art. I like yes. I like I like this guy a lot. Um, Jesus Marino. I, he did some checkmate issues that I liked that I liked a lot when he did those, and I was excited for the art. It, it felt like a team I didn't know. It felt like the, for the first time I felt the weight of the team's size. Yeah. Whereas John's was really good at handling 35 members of the team. Here it felt like there were just too many people running around at all times. And I, f- I felt as if the characterizations were off. And the characterizations were all off. Yeah, so I didn't I don't recognize know. them. Yeah. I mean, it was obvious that this is a different different people writing it. It wasn't bad, but it was no, it was not bad. It was yeah. average. I thought very average. Right. Yeah. I, I think that I I liked the story. But I think that, especially in the first half, there was a lot of, uh, I don't know if it's exposition, but it was just a lot of talking and explaining things. I guess, you know, it, you know if, if for having new, writer, new readers on, you know, because it it's sort of supposed to be a jumping on point, I guess. But it, was, it, was, it, was, it got better near the end. I liked the bits near the end, but I thought the beginning was a little clunky. Yeah. I'm going to stay on through the split and see how that goes, but... Um, mm-hmm. For right now, it's weird. I and I, I thought it interesting, the whole plot point at the end of John's run was that Stargirl kept her braces, and then she's got they're gone here. Yeah. I, think, <laughs> um, I think I'm done. I think I'm going to tap out with this title. I wouldn't blame you. Yeah. Just, if, they I, were, if they weren't doing the split, I probably would too, but no, I, I want to see if that helps at all. Yeah, maybe I'll stick around for that. I don't know. It's hard. I, I mean, could see that really helping because, if, I mean, like you said, the first thing you start to feel the, the, the weight of the team – and you can tell that they're all all around, and it feels kind of big, and and uh, you know because they have to introduce some people and make sure they're saying some names with everybody else, and then they even add a couple more people. Right. Plus, we'll see if the writing change, you know, because they're split in writing duties, so maybe one guy's better than the other guy, and they're just supposed <laughs> to read one of those books. I don't know. I just want to see how that goes before I decide to tap out. But I'm definitely could see myself tapping out if it doesn't get better. Yeah. All right. So, uh, cool. So those are all the books that came out this week. Uh, you can go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics and see all the books that are shipping every week. And you can do your, you can do your polls, make your pull list, and come back and rate and review them. And uh, I'm going to highlight a couple of uh, the reviews this week. And our first one comes from Akamu, uh, who reviewed Dark Reign Young Avengers number three and gave the story a four out of five and the art a three out of five. And at the time of this recording, nobody made this their pick of the week. Um, and his comments are, while each panel is, dif- is definitely current Marvel-influenced art, the penciling varies from overwhelmingly unnecessary to really sparse and gorgeous. I'm not familiar with what, what other, other titles Brooks has worked on, but I get the feeling that if he weren't being boxed into the Dark Rain look, I'd really love his pencils. Still, while I've, I've used the word inconsistent to describe it, it's a good issue. I'm hoping the next one will blow me away. Um, and it probably, uh, probably should uh, also mention that there's a little bit of a iFanboy tie-in to this issue. I it's am true. a new Avenger. 
Yes, Connor. Connor right. is introduced as a new character of a Young Avengers. No. I'm the Nazi woman. Whoa, hey, yo. We apparently influence psychic painters in this world. <laughs> and I'm, I'm cool with that, which is odd because our shirt has nothing to do with Marvel. <laughs> right, exactly. Weird. Although now it's canon, so. <laughs> yeah, the shirt's in continuity now, so it there is, you go. Totally, yeah. So, so uh, the, the great power, great responsibility shirt that you can buy in the iFanboy store at iFanboy.com forward slash store gets referenced um, with a little shout out. Little, we got an editor, editor box. Yeah, it's like. true, and I want to. I think we need to give it up to Chris Eliopoulos for getting the small eye correct. Yes, thank you for that. <laughs> that's, that's 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 what it means to know people in this, this industry. <laughs> but uh, details to be the Eisners. Thank you to Paul Cornell, the writer, and Chris Eliopoulos, the letterer, for that little shout out. It was it was neat to see. So, Absolutely, yeah. there were uh, there were a couple of. I thought that technically this issue was really interesting. I'm, you're seeing um, a, a lot of things happening. Uh, it, but there was one page in particular which I really, really liked, and it's 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 Kate, and they're all um, vertical panels, yes. and it's, it talked all the things that she wishes that she had said to the crazy psycho guy, that was and great. then the very very last panel was what she actually said, and that was that was a fantastic page. Yep. I yep. mean, like I was really like, that really worked for me, and you know, the beginning they had the little framing device of you know continuing the conversation on the one page with the conversation on the next page. Yep, I like um, that. That was a great device. Like it's fun. This was the first issue that in this one that I felt I really got to know who the people were. Yep. I guess. Yep. Um and I really liked that about it. And I think that we got you know, we got to spend time with some of the characters a little bit and and, and it was fun. I actually I had a lot of fun with this issue. Yeah, I, I just don't like Mark Brooks. So that's just me. <laughs> All right. So. All right. Torque. Yeah. Torque reviewed Fury Agent twenty seven. He gave a story a five out of five, the art a five out of five. And zero point six five percent of the iFan base picked this as a pick of the week. Torque says Rick Remender is crazy. Just out and about insane. A while back, Josh mentioned a while back. Fear Agent seems to be how much you... There's two a while back sentences. Fear Agent seems to be about how much you can be thrown at Heath Houston. And good lord, did they throw a doozy here. The end of the arc doesn't just grab you, but throws you to the ground, hits you with your dog, takes your wallet, kicks a hole in the wall on its way out. That's about right. Yeah, it sums it up. Uh, For a minute, you think that, oh, I think they're wrapping this one up. And they, no. Nope, that's not much. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting because because th- so this wrapped up the eye against eye story arc, um, and we get a you know we get kind of a bit of a resolution between um, the humans and the aliens, and then we get a full black page of months past, and then they're they're in Texas and they're kind of celebrating this union. But I like how they're all still wearing the same clothes. Like they're, well, they're months months past and they're on Earth. They put some jeans on. It's their jobs, <laughs> I their know, uniform, I know. <laughs> their official capacity. But um, I do. Uh, Tony Moore is one of my favorite artists working today. I get the f- sense that this one felt a little rushed. Like there was a lot of n- non backgrounds. Yeah. It just felt a little looser yeah. um, than than we're used to from him. And I mean, I get that he's pretty much doing this one in between actual paying work. Yep. Um, <laughs> you know, it's still better than most of the guys out there, but not up to the, the Tony Moore that I that it I really started learned. off strong. Like that second page with the the last Fury Age and that full page is really you know it was great, but then it faded. I think. So, yes, definitely. Yeah, but I mean, you you guys noticed that too. It's not just yeah, yeah. I, I, trades. Yeah, no, right, I, well. I, I I concur. But I still, it's still great to get their hands on Fury Agent. There's one more. Oh, arc. I, I love it. Was, yeah. It was prop. I don't I don't know if it was my pick, but it was close. Yeah, we'll get one more arc. So six more issues, and then it goes on hiatus. So 
If you want to write your own user review, get to uh, the comic section at iFanboy, and, and you can write about any of the books that you read, or you could even write about one you didn't. Um, hey, if, if you wanted to help out the show and, and all this show and the other shows and the website all mean a lot to you, you can become, you can become an iFanboy member. That's uh, sending a little bit of money our way to help keep this, this train a-rolling. Uh, you can do that at iFanboy.com slash store. There's two membership levels that you can choose. Uh, you can either do $4 a month, which is the price of one comic book a month, or $10 a month if you, if you feel like it. Uh, either way, you'll get a membership prize pack for signing up you'll get uh, one random comic book and you'll also get some stickers and some buttons if you sign up at the higher level you will get um, a t-shirt and also you can do sort of a one-time payment which is a little lower which is uh, $42 or, or $100 and that, that does a whole year of membership and of course if you are a member you are eligible for the giveaways that we try to do on a fairly regular basis this week you will have seen on fanboy.com we are giving away a uh, poster from the movie Thirst, autographed by the director um, Park Chan Wook. I think I have that correct. Um, he did. He did uh, a movie called Old Boy, sort Which of. Which was really good. Yeah, and I, I know some people who saw Thirst Thursday night. And they said it was awesome. So if you're into vampire yeah. movies, go see Thirst. Yeah. So in addition to that, there there is also going to be some uh, CD soundtracks that'll get that'll go away with it too. Um, and then uh, we also have a couple of copies of the book that was not the pick of the week. <laughs> Blackest Night number one, um, signed by the writer Jeff Johns, and and I'm I'm sure there's some people out there who would like those as well. Um, so if all you ha- if you're an iPhone fanboy member, all you have to do is nothing because you're already there. If you want to become an iFanboy member, you will uh, in the next uh, well for the Thirst poster in the month of August is if you sign up before the end of the month of August, you'll be eligible. Uh, it's a random drawing. And um, when are we? When are we? Next week. Well, Okay, so next week we're giving out the Blackest Night. So if you sign up this week um, before, like, Thursday or so, um, you'll, you'll have a shot at the we'll Blackest Night. Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yep. Well, all right then. Cool. Um, so, let's, so, again, that's at ifanboy.com slash store. We want to thank all of the members that have signed up already. It means, it means the flipping world to us, and we try to give out as much cool stuff as we can to you guys, and thanks. Cool. You know who doesn't want that comic? It's Josh. <laughs> All right. I told Jeff Johns all about you at that party we saw, man. He's not happy. Not you're, happy. On his list. you're on his list now. <laughs> seemed pretty happy to see me. That was all. All right. It was a lie. After you turned your all back, right. he gave me the look. Fine. <laughs> Josh, Andy from London. He's, he wants you to read his email. Do you really want me to read this? If, if you read it, you would see that he wants you see, to. I would <laughs> read the script before the show, you'd know this thing. He wants me to read this in an English accent, so. Yeah. I am going to apologize for that now. Uh, Andy from London. Ron, Josh, and Connor. I don't know much about the Eisner Awards, only that some of my favorite books and writers have won. However, I'm compelled to write in because of one well-received book that I was pretty sure should have won something. Was I Kill Giants Overlook? What happened? Thanks, love the show. Andy, London, England. You got better towards the end. You were rushing in the beginning, but you ended really strong. So good job. It takes a bit of time to get used to it. I didn't even <laughs> I didn't know. So I Kill Giants did not win an Eisner because I don't believe it's eligible. I, I would be surprised. I would not be it, – it, it, the Eisners are a year-over-year year thing. So this year's Eisner batch that were announced at San Diego Comic-Con were for books that were released in 2008. And I Kill Giants wrapped up and the trade came out in 2009. So I would imagine it's going to be uh, – it should damn well better be nominated for an Eisner next year. It, it, they tend to be going towards more trades now, right? I mean, yeah. Sort of get, yeah. Getting rid of the issue categories, so yeah. I think they're waiting on that. The trades. So, um, yeah, I would, course, imagine, I would imagine. When Pedro and me came out, we said the same thing, so who knows? Yeah, who, yeah, exactly. The thing is, there's always that X factor, but uh, but uh, I don't believe I Kill Giants was eligible for this year's Eisner's, and they'll be eligible next year. So, Local, on the other hand. 
Yes. <laughs> Don't bring that up before Ryan Kelly might. <laughs> anyway, so our next uh, email comes from uh, Barry Saul on iFanboy.com who says, Hey guys, this is Barry once again. I hope I didn't cause too much division between you guys a couple of podcasts ago, but hey, at least you got to address the passive aggressiveness. LOL. Anyway, I thank you guys, so bear with the length of this email. I just finished reading Pocketbook 6 of Strangers in Paradise, read the entire run, and I must say thank you. Because of your review of this book back from issues 86, 89, and 90, I laughed, I felt remorse, and I got misty mud as I reached the end, with Francine finally taking the final leap of faith and proclaiming her love for Ketchu. I'm not, extre- I'm not an extremely emotional person, but I soon found this comic tearing at, tearing at my heartstrings, watching David try to avoid the dark path his sister-in-law, his half-sister, Darcy, took, seeing Ketchu uh, tormented over her past life, and Francine finally coming to terms with herself. You have given me one of the many books I can proudly display to non-comic readers and dispel the stereotypes of what a comic truly is. This leads to my question. Whether superhero, sci-fi, or even relationship comic, we all come away from each story with something new. You've all read, com- you've, you've read comics for possibly longer than I've been alive. I'm 19, which makes me feel really old. Fuck you, Barry. I know. Oh, fuck you, Barry. Whether storytelling-wise, emotionally, or something deeper, what keeps you going back to your local comic book store every Wednesday? What is it about the storytelling method that affects you enough to keep reading these stories? Thank you for broadening my horizons and providing me with a story that has not only deepened my appreciation of this wonderful medium, but has opened my eyes to a new view on life that I did not have before. Um, and real quickly, if you want to read Strangers in Paradise, the omnibus is amazing, and if you have $160, buy it. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> it's, you can get a cut of that, folks. It seriously, is is the, it might weigh a, a ton, but it was the best thing I've, I got in San Diego. I'm so. waiting for mine to arrive yeah. very patiently. So, um, so what is it about comics that have us coming back? I thought that was a very good question. What is it about any medium of storytelling? Movies, television, books, right. it's all the same to me. Yeah. I mean, I like stories. I, I immerse myself in this tell- stories. It's the same reason I watched ER for 15 years or, you know, watch, go to movies all the time. It's because I like... I like stories, and the comics are just another form of storytelling. It's not – there's nothing particular for me about comics that makes me go every Wednesday any different than anything else I consume all the time. Yeah. They're just stories. I think for me – With characters that I like, that's why. Yeah. I think for me that – I mean obviously like an ongoing story thing is one of my favorite things. Long – with The Wire, which is five seasons of you know, ten episodes of you know, one story with, with characters you've come to really love. For me also comics, I love seeing the – the development of, of, you know, talented creators who I really like, you know, I like coming back and seeing those people's work and watching it develop over time and watching the new things that come out of it and being impressed and inspired over and over. And I think one of the things that comics have over, over some of the other, uh, let's say more successful forms of storytelling is that, you know, there's, there's not a ton of money in it. So a lot of the people doing it are doing it out of love. And I think that that shows a lot. Yeah. And, and I think that it's also unique in that, like watching TV and watching movies and the like, um, Comics is unique in that they're telling those stories, but we're seeing it through a different kind of like through with the art. Like I've been thoroughly enjoying seeing different art styles and seeing different you know kind of ways of telling stories and layouts and, and tying into graphic design and things like that. And while they're similar, like Connor said, to comics and to movies and TV, it's a different kind of thing and it's a it's an unexpected thing, you know. So. Um, that's what that's what it is for me. I mean, things like Strangers in Paradise and things like Phonogram, things like books that aren't the standard superhero fare are the ones that, you know, are the ones that really kind of drive it home for me because, you know, superheroes are so, you know, we've read so much of it and, and it's kind of, it's it becomes very predictable, but then there are little things like Bone or I Kill Giants or little random things that you just don't expect. It's, you know, it's, it's that kind of, you know, su- surprise me moment that I get. Mm-hmm. Well, well done. Wow. If you want to send us an email, you can send it to contact at ifanboy.com. Um, we try to answer all of them eventually. 
And speaking of stories, um, if you like watching movies or TV shows, you should go to Netflix where you can uh, rent you all, all your DVDs. You can order them online and they ship them straight to your house. Free shipping both ways. No late fees. Return it whenever you like. They've got over 100,000 titles, including Blu-ray titles, for those of you with the Blu-ray players. Um, super fast delivery. Drop it in the mail. Five bucks says in a day or two, you get your next uh, title back. Um, most of their shipments ship in one day, which is amazing. Uh, they've got rate plans starting from four ninety nine and up. And if you go to www.netflix.com forward slash iFanboy, you can sign up and get a, two, a free two-week trial. Um, so go to www.netflix.com forward slash iFanboy. And I watched The Holiday and dropped it in the mail this morning. So, um, yeah. Word. Jude Law. Yay. <laughs> I like women. Anyway. All right, so on to the voicemail. Awkward silence. Awkward silence. silence. Our first voicemail uh, has got a question about one of our favorite creators. Uh, hi, this is Brett from uh, Philadelphia. Um, I just had a quick Grant Morrison question. Um, I'm debating on starting one of his series or just picking up one of his graphic novels. Um, so between these, I've heard you talk good things about them throughout a couple of your video podcasts, which one would you recommend I start? Uh, Animal Man, Invisibles, um, Doom Patrol, or The Filth? Because my local comic store has all of them, and I was wondering which one you suggest I get. All right, thanks. Well, without knowing what kind of stories you like, I would suggest to the random person, I would say in this order, I would say Animal Man, Doom Patrol, Invisibles, The Filth. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what my suggestion would be. Oh, totally the filth. No. <laughs> yeah, no. Stay, stay away from the filth. No, I don't know. Wonderful Fil- art in the filth. Yeah, the filth looked really, looked really, really good. Just made no sense. Maybe it does. I got to reread it. Maybe it did make sense. I don't think you're going to do that. Yeah, I don't think I am either. <laughs> but um, but oh, yeah, no, no, I thought Animal Man is probably the most accessible and starts to get a little weird. Um, Doom Patrol is is uh, get you know gets a little weird, but it still is again accessible. Invin- Invisibles is really good, but is gets way out there. And then the filth is the filth. So that's my opinion. I don't know if you guys share that or. I'm actually. I'm just gonna say the Animal, Animal Man is the best one of those that I've read. Um, so I, I chose Animal Man because also it's it's not too long either. Josh. Yeah, I agree. Okay, easy enough then. So if you have a question for us, you can call us and leave a message on your voicemail on the voicemail line at one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. That's one eight 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 fanboys. I switched it up there. Uh, it's like. <laughs> It's like you guys expect me to be contrarian, and when I'm not, it throws everything off. <laughs> uh, leave your name and where you're from and keep your message to about 30 seconds. Uh, and We thank everybody who's called in. We've got a ton of voicemails that we'll try to get through uh, down the road, but keep calling in. So, all right. That's the show, boys. Whee! Good. iFanboy.com is our website. You can go there for the Pick of the Week written review uh, and the discussion that follows after that, discussion on every single book that comes out in a given week. All you got to do is go there and you pull your books, all sorts of really good stuff, and then all sorts of great writing on top of that stuff. Go to ifanboy.com slash about, and you can see the social networking links and things like that. Um, it's a good place. And while you're there, you can go to ifanboy.com slash store. That's where you can find the now in continuity power responsibility t-shirt. It's only $15. It's a limited supply. They're going fast. And while don't forget about the original iFanboy intern t-shirt, which is available at revision3.com slash store. And I have it on good authority that there's another shirt that's going to be reissued soon. Ooh. I'm just, I'm just saying. Authority. Um, if you got money to burn, like we all do in this time of recession, <laughs> um, no, but you need to get you need to get you need to get things like comics and DVDs and things like that. The the flights of fancy. Go to ifanboy.com forward slash Amazon, and that's where you can uh, make all your purchases through Amazon and help ifanboy out. You can get DVDs, music, video games, computer stuff, anything you need. Amazon's got it. ifanboy.com forward slash Amazon. 
There is a video show every single Wednesday, revision3.com slash iFanboy, or you can get it on TiVo, or you can just get it on iFanboy.com. This past week, well, there wasn't a show. Anyway, this next <laughs> week, uh, the first episode of many of our San Diego Comic-Con coverage will theoretically be available. <laughs> and the first two minutes are a summer special <laughs> excellent um like we mentioned you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys one eight eight three two six two six nine seven. any questions or comments or anything like that you have to us please let us know who you are and where you're from and if you like the show you can write us a review on itunes or even if you don't like the show and that's how people find the show when they search for comic book podcasts so we appreciate it and better than that is you can tell your friends about our show introduce your mom to the show people at your comic store your very charming san diego waitresses tell them about the show yeah the, the waitresses, i'm sure they like it they're not as interested as what we would hope <laughs> so you guys are. are funny when you're not talking about comic books <laughs> no, no, we are funny when we're talking about comic books you just don't understand <laughs> no i don't i don't think you are funny just bring me the check so as of right now, we're up to 465 reviews. So uh, Oh, come on, people. So get in there and write a review. Come on. on yep. There's an arbitrary number we need to reach. It's been two weeks. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, so until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And I'm Josh, your host. It locks up your chest, shuts down the heart, my Sally and Let's open up yeah. When I was worse Fearless Innocence roared Still amazes Untouchable Innocence It's still here But in different places